Hello, and welcome to Resolve, an afterplay show. This is an after show for a role-playing game that does not have an actual play, where we tell you all the details of our game so you'll have to listen to it. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'll be your host. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Asiri Amoli the mermaid, also uses she, her. Joining me is my wonderful co-host, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. I use he, him pronouns. I play Moogle Avatar of Alexander, Smog, who also uses he, him pronouns. We are joined today by Zach. Hi, I'm Zach. I use he, him pronouns. I play Tao, the burning hot vocaloid, who uses they, them pronouns. Welcome! Thank you for joining us today. Now that we're all here, Alex, why don't you tell us about the actual play? Previously, in the feat, Thanos and Tao try to chat with Lone about what they might appreciate from the world of the Lost, but they're busy melting wolves made of snow. Lone asks them not to open the gates. They try to help with magic, but the exertion knocks Thanos out, sending him to the world of the Lost. The master finds Athenos punching into a box of hearts next to an animate mannequin, man, and horse pair. The master helps him back to the waking world. While searching for loan, Pony chances on a wolf trying to come through a gate in the courtyard. After failing to speak with it, she runs off to rejoin the party. Smog joins Geyser in a Siri in the clock tower. Geyser traps Smog in with magic and asks him to truthfully answer some questions about himself. With the series' help, Smog summons another version of himself, who informs them that they need to start a new age to get the world of Age's core. The clock tower seems important to this goal. They leave to meet with Athenos and Tao. Sans Pony, the party meets up on the ramparts while Lone fights more wolves. They speak more about Smog's new circumstances, Tao's homeworld, wolves, the clock tower, Halaroon, and the nature of death on different worlds. Tao and Smog cast Sapcha to give Lone a pause to speak with them. All right. Anything I missed? Did Geyser actually trap you? I thought it was just soundproofing. It was not intended, but yes, it, it did trap everyone in there for a couple minutes. Right. Okay. All right. So now that you've heard the actual play, let's do a deep dive into the session. Starting at the top, Lone being a bit distracted, fighting the wolves, didn't really have a chance to have a long conversation with them, but Athenos tried to summon the flaming hounds of Hades to scare off these ice ghost wolves. Are the wolves entirely made up of the snow, or is there something else underneath them? It's very unclear at this point whether it's actually the snow coming alive or something under the snow, or like spirits possessing the snow third one was kind of what i was leaning towards we really don't know much it's been kind of hard to get information out alone to be fair they are defending the ramparts and they're a little preoccupied and i guess it's hard to sign language and shoot a missile launcher at the same time yeah i also wonder why they weren't busy with that when we first arrived? Why we didn't really run into a wolf when we first arrived? What's so special now that the wolves are attacking and they need more direct attention? I have to wonder if there's something that triggered them to show up, or if it's something cyclical that happens every day at the same time. Do we know that Lone closed the gates after we got in? Because we didn't have any issues getting into the castle, if I recall. 
Correct. So you would think the gates would have to be closed, probably by alone. But why would they be open in the first place? When we initially arrived, Lone was out doing something else. So that's why the gate would have been open, unlocked. Because they showed up through the main gate after we were already inside. So they must have somehow known that like this is a safe time to go out. And then later, when we're all inside the castle, is when the attack came. I really hope that the layout of this castle does not become too particularly important throughout this. Because I have no sense of the physical like i understand that the themes that we're looking at were in any individual location and individual locations usually fine but like the thought of moving from place to place is not tracking in my head right now yeah absolutely same here we slept in one room y'all talked in another room somewhere we talked on the ramparts i don't know how far apart those are pony was down doing laps in the courtyard which was somewhere I don't know if this speaks to my, like, eons of playing The Sims, but in my head I have this castle already constructed, (laughs) so it is rather large in my brain. I kind of do as well, but then every time a new room gets mentioned, it's just a completely different room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I have the entryway in my head, and then how do you get to the ramparts from there? I don't know, but (laughs) I can also imagine what the ramparts are like. Especially since this session was a lot of smaller conversations, in my head it feels more like a visual novel, like we, we have a background behind us, and then if yeah. anybody speaks, their face pops up. That's what it feels like in my head. Absolutely. Oh, no. You have like two set backgrounds that it shows every time. Oh no. Interstitial is not usually a game where space matters so much, so like I'm saying, I'm hoping that's that's not too big of an issue, that that's what's sitting in my head right now, but <laughs> oh man, it could be, who knows. I feel like if it was extremely important, I think Dan would do us the service of giving us a map or a blueprint or something. I don't think he's that cruel. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, Lone is very focused on this new assault wave. To be fair, what felt like a little more than a session for us was probably a good eight hours of sleep for alone. So yeah, maybe there is some sort of cycle that's going on here, even though it's always dark and dank. Maybe there's always a little reprieve. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, because the other option that I'm thinking of is something we did in the World of the Lost triggered this attack, which would be bad. Maybe these spirits were powering that arena. I was also thinking that perhaps our presence is now recognized by the wolf spirits. So they're like, oh, more things to potentially attack and maybe ravage. You know, we've been thinking about this like a a Dank Souls game, but what if it's like a tower defense? I was just thinking that. (laughs) God, I love tower defense games. It wouldn't be too hard for us to make Lone's World of Ages a little tower defense minigame or something, I'm sure. (laughs) Make a little snow map, put a castle on it, make a little pixel art alone. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) I've been wondering, what is Tao's just general opinion on violence? I know we got into this a little bit in the world of spirit, but now that we're in more of a combat-oriented area, how is Tao feeling with these wolves raging their assault? Tao, as we kind of saw in the previous world, not entirely opposed to violence for a cause. Protecting ourselves against these wolves, Tao is fine with violence. 
especially since they don't really seem to be sentient, as far as we can tell. Tao isn't going to be solving every problem with violence, but not opposed to throwing down when conflict comes up. I know Asiri is definitely more on the pacifist side there. Correct. She only really fights for food. She can be pushed. She does have her limits. Proto-Neo-New-Smog has a new philosophy (laughs) regarding violence. (laughs) Yeah, my idea for previous Smog being gone is that he's a wrecking ball, and there is a time that needs that. So why would he be gone? Well, it's because you don't need that right now. It's not so much that Smog and Alexander together abhor violence. They know it's not what's needed right now and are not as quick to it. Yeah, they're not going to be shooting the sleeping paw out of his bed this time. <laughs> uh, mechanically, that's had a couple effects with what I've grabbed for Smog here. Building his mastery before his dark. Uh, he doesn't have the move where it counts as a small gang when being violent anymore. I lost two other starting moves from the dark, but I don't think there is violent. So speaking of Smog's big transformation, I gotta ask, what is with not remembering Tao at all. Was that something you came up with? Was that something Dan just handed you? Like, oh, hey, you don't remember one of the party members anymore. No, I chose that because I thought it would be fun. We have two memories and memory losing all their links isn't the only way that somebody would lose track of someone, even based on other moves that are in the game. And I've implied that Smog's memory has been heavily modified. So I wanted to have something significant change with his memory of someone in the party it just happened to be that Tao was the easiest target and if we want to we can figure out why that happened later oh absolutely <laughs> going to be digging into that <laughs> there's just that little extra layer of like Tao was the first person you met <laughs> in this combination of worlds and don't remember them at all how is Tao feeling about that that's going to be very painful Very concerned about that. A bit hurt, but also thinking that something is not quite right with Smog's whole situation due to this. This has also given me some interesting ideas for Tao's next advancement, because I had some fun plans, but didn't really think about doing anything quite so major personality-wise when switching to another playbook, but... We'll see what happens. I'm only <laughs> two or three levels away from that now, I think. Oh my or goodness, you're so close! <laughs> or maybe, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> I'm like halfway through my book. I think it'll be a little bit longer before I can really think about that track. I've already started plotting with Dan. I love plotting. I love scheming. Based on the base we're going, I think everyone might hit a second playbook. Unless they're like one of my other players in an interstitial game and they're just like, I'm not going to tell you my experience and we're like, fine. <laughs> Surprisingly, that was not me. Because <laughs> I did yeah. not switch playbooks in my first interstitial campaign, but I don't think I leveled up that much in that first campaign. I mean, we're also maybe like halfway through the number of sessions of that campaign total here right now. So it was a shorter really? game, I think. Huh. 
it felt longer. Not that like it was a drag, but it, like it felt more long lasting. It still feels like we're really early on in this one, so I guess that's kind of surprising. I mean, we do have what three other portals to go through, and then the other segments of the World of the Lost plus Mystery World of the Lost. I'm thinking potentially might happen because who knows what the fuck the Master's doing? Plus whatever end game, Dan. Yeah, for us, I can't imagine it's just we did everything. We're done. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I'm so scared. There's so many potentials. Speaking of character tracks, changes you might make with our characters, Athenos is running out of his stores of worship and knocked himself out while trying to do this big feat of magic, which ended up not summoning the wolves he wanted, but little snakes that wormed their way through the crowd and popped some of the wolves. It's so jarring to see somebody as mighty and powerful as Athenos just be rendered asunder in any capacity, even by his own doing. Dex made an inspired choice because he is far away from all of his worshippers. He's in a world that only has one person. He only really has the support of the party, and that moves and changes as opinions do. He was just inspired of Dex to be like, you know what, he's passing out now. Just conk, hit the floor, go by. Yeah, I love that. It was probably the most surprising to Athenos himself. I'm not sure if he's in denial about what was happening or just trying not to let the party know that he's weak but he was playing it off like yes we'd successfully defended the walls with no problem whatsoever <laughs> and the series like no you didn't you're fucking <laughs> and Tao like seeing him pop out to the world of the lost and reappear obviously knows he's lying Tao was helping with that spell as well so had a feel for what was going on there, but also isn't gonna contradict him to the rest of the party. Just blatantly say, you had a lot of trouble and I had to help you out. That's not what Tao's gonna do. <laughs> that would be a Siri if she was there. <laughs> 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 but I'm very excited to see where Dex takes Athenos. I don't know how close he is to swapping playbooks. I think he's getting up there. Where's the gods next step? I know we've pondered this in past episodes. There is both limitless potential and then no potential at the same time. It's such a weird position to be in. I think we talked a little bit on an earlier episode with him about it, and he mentioned maybe the mystic. And I think that'll be interesting, especially with where Pony might be heading. I think it would be cool if she was like maybe the prodigy, which is, is a funny, <laughs> would, would be such a funny interpretation of the prodigy coming off of the knucklehead. Yes. They're supposed to be like the opposed sort of books. It's like, what if Naruto became a Sasuke? <laughs> <laughs> That's extra interesting because Athenos and I already have the same playbook and we seem to be considering the same playbook to move to next. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Why are you considering the mystic? There's probably two ways Tao's character would go from where they are currently. That is either leaning on fostering the relationships with people that give him power and trying to grow those directly more towards friends, or manipulating those bonds and trying to draw as much power out of them as Tao have them leaning toward mystic. I'm not sure where they're going to go yet. I'm no longer super baby. I want power. <laughs> but yeah, Thanos passes out. He goes to the world of the lost. He ends up in a wagon with another of the horse mannequins and the, I guess, a person mannequin. Yeah, he rummages around this wagon and finds nothing of interest except like a lance and a suit of armor and then a box, which he has to open. By punching right into it. And surprise! 
human hearts, or at least some sort of heart. Maybe not necessarily human, but definitely gross. <laughs> so I gotta wonder, was this person out on the roads, away from the arena, also being powered by that heart that we took? And we shut down more than just one arena, but like an entire world. Dan last time said that there was more beyond. We didn't go and check and look. Mm-hmm. Right. He never solidified what exactly was out there. I suppose we could go back and check if you want. It's entirely possible that these hearts were used for some sort of trade, as this guy was moving them around. That's what I would believe, especially if we're still working on our idea that this is supposed to be related to Athenos, and Athenos had some notes of FromSoft games in his backstory. I gotta wonder what the fate of the hearts we crafted for that toll booth are now. Are they still where we left them? Has the master come in and been like, oh, this is good, and just taken it? Would a series still be missing that tooth? I don't know. Would Pony still be missing that hair? We didn't even address that. We'll have to ask Dan next time. Are the modifications we've made to our bodies in The World of the Lost stable? I want to lean personally until we get clarification towards no, because it's an ideal form of ourself, but I would believe the next time we go back, they are gone. I would also kind of lean towards no, but our bodies do go somewhere when we're in the world of the lost. Maybe it's our actual bodies going there and being modified. It's all (laughs) wibbly-wobbly. We did sustain some harm there, a couple different people in the group, and I think Dan said something along the lines of like, yeah, you don't have whatever there anymore, but it's still like a psychic harm. Thanos hurt his hand when he punched through the box, he got some splinters, and when he came back, Dan was like, your hand is fine, it just feels sore. I would think our bodily changes do not carry over, but any harm will. It's like being a vampire all over again. (sighs) (sighs) Don't I know it. (laughs) Do we think the master is actually going to not tell everyone else that that it was busted into a bunch of hearts and made a gross little explosion before he had to be sent home? I could see the master bringing it up as, like, a joke, but I don't think anything that impactful happened between the two of them, <laughs> that they would need to talk to the rest of the party and be like, hey, so I thought I did this thing. I just keep thinking about Dan going, wow, that was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> That's lived in my brain rent-free ever since it happened, and I was like, oh my god, I know you now. I understand yeah. your character more. <laughs> it is wonderful. It was disgusting. I enjoyed it thoroughly. (laughs) Thanos did also, at least that he got knocked out. He did not choose to fall asleep and enter the world of the loss, which is probably something the Master would gab about. And Thanos does feel scandalized by. Well, half the party already kind of knows that anyways, between Tau physically seeing it and Asiri knowing something weird happened (laughs) that Thanos is lying about. I just have to question what the Master's endgame is. Obviously, Dan has said that they exist against their will, which don't we all, but (laughs) (laughs) that was dark. More vampire talk coming in here. (laughs) Listen, I can't help it. Other than like going back to whatever it was they were before, what else do they want? Because they keep goading us with like gifts and promises and like they will give things back to us that we lost. But when the most obvious thing we lost was home? I know we're doing the altruistic thing, being like, what does loan need? What can we do to help this world? But there has to be more that's going on behind the scenes for the Master. I can't imagine that they're this straightforward. You're saying we lost home, but wouldn't it be more accurate to say we were lost? 
from our homes. Maybe that's why we have this connection to the world of the lost, is that we were the ones lost. You have a point. It's also why we broke it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, why <laughs> you broke it. <laughs> Smog super broke it. Smog ultra <laughs> broke it. Alexander broke it, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Well, the master did not help with that. The master was like, don't do a boo-boo. Basically encouraging Smog. <laughs> I don't know if that was encouragement. <laughs> it was. The master had a decent enough beat on Smog to know that saying, oh, don't keep using your magic, something might happen with your connection to Alexander growing stronger. Smog's definitely going to keep using magic. Smog is going to accelerate the magic casting. (laughs) Extra magic. Every possible opportunity. Basically. Oh, your shoe's untied? Let me get that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Aroga. (laughs) Pony went on a little bit of their own exploration, and they had a bit of a moment in the courtyard as, you know, they were trying to process what Smog was telling them, if they believed that or not, if they wanted that or not. And they see the wolf try to break through in that courtyard behind the gates. We've been talking a little bit about other media that this world reminds us of, and Beauty and the Beast has come up a little bit. This is definitely, in my mind, where it feels the most like Beauty and the Beast. They definitely have a wolf attack scene. There's a couple scenes in winter, and I just imagine Pony animated like that when she's going through these scenes. Pony's from a Shrek world, so there's a little bit about her that still feels like a a fairy tale princess. You say Beauty and the Beast, my mind just immediately jumped that to the next connection of the world where you meet Beauty and the Beast in Kingdom Hearts, Hollow Bastion. Mm-hmm. Enormous empty castle, weird shadow monsters attacking you, planes of ice and crystal outside. It's just daytime there instead of nighttime. I wish I could pick Carolyn's brain about why Pony decides to try to talk to the wolf here. Well, I would wager that, you know, the big bad wolf, the wolf from Little Red Riding Hood, Those are all characters that, if Pony does not know, at least they might have heard of. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Plus, like, Athanos is a wolf man. So it's not out of her thoughts to talk to a wolf. Makes sense, especially since Pony was pretty lonely as the only talking animal. So seeing something resembling another animal, maybe seeing if that could talk? Makes sense for Pony. It definitely tried to communicate. Its ears perked up and it did open its mouth. It just was another situation where no audible sound came out. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything that could be animated other than the snow. I wonder why they're wolves, why it's only through snow. More questions to ask alone. Yeah, what do they want is, I think, the biggest question. That hasn't been answered. What does anyone here want? What does Lone want? What do the wolves want? Very confusing. (laughs) I guess Lone wants the wolves to go away. That's the one thing we learned that Lone wants, is make the wolves go away. And keep the gates closed. We got a lot of hints towards maybe what this locked away spirit in the clock tower wants from the three of us poking around that room a little bit more. Although it didn't answer a ton of questions. All we know is that we have to start the new age, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, Smog, why couldn't your alternate self have been more helpful? Also question, why is your alternate self a cowboy? (laughs) (laughs) When I use this new move, which is 
I was different then from the anachronism. I want to pull like radically different versions of smog in that I probably won't ever play as a full character. So I just wanted to have like a, a very different flavor. And <laughs> there's an association of cowboys with gunslinging. So it's like, there could be some point in between smog getting snatched and smog getting Alexanderized where he's got like a cowboy thing going on for a couple decades. I don't know. Yeah, it's just into the Smognoverse. Into yeah. the Smognoverse. Oh no. Into the Moogleverse. <laughs> the Moogleverse. <laughs> yes. Cowboy Smog gave Geyser more questions than answers, but also Geyser is Geyser, so mileage may vary about what exactly they care about regarding that. Dee was talking a little bit last episode about wanting to bring up how unusual the transformation was and how everyone was treating it, business as usual. And I wonder if that will ever not seem strange to the rest of the party, because I'm going to have the opportunity to do it quite a few more times. This one isn't when I enter a world, it's just once per world. So theoretically, if we go back to another world while I'm still playing the anachronism, Swan could run into a different timeline version there too. So it might be something that feels regular at some point. I also question if the rest of the party is just kind of okay with it because they just don't know the rules of your world. And they're just like, okay, well, maybe that's just something that just happens. (laughs) Everyone in the party is weird to everyone else in the party in some way. This big transformation is extra weird, but the summoning alternate versions of yourself, getting advice from them, and then them going away, that's kind of more normal weird. (laughs) 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 That's more Athenos growing a hundred stories tall and then grabbing chunk of the earth and throwing it at someone weird. Why did you need a series assistance for that? You gave the like summoning from the abyss that sort of excuse in game, but I don't know if a series one hundred percent buys that. It was part that, but also inherent mechanically in starting a new playbook is that your stats get knocked down. Um, I took mastery first instead of heart. Coming back to this time and expending the energy to do that and swap places with the smog that was already there has messed with this smog's level of power. He legitimately needs help a lot more than the first one did. He's not as self-reliant. And he's actually asked for help a couple times throughout this session. And I don't know that Smog directly asked for help a lot before that. He just more sort of pointed out how hard something was and somebody would hop on maybe, but didn't usually directly say like, hey, I know that you're good at this. Could you help me with it? It was more like, I know something that I can teach you. Smog was more of like, here's the plan, let's do it, and if anyone else is going to help me, you can. This is more coming into your powers as with any playbook advancement, since, as you said, your stats all get reset to base, basically. That's actually one thing I'm kind of looking forward to, strangely (laughs) enough. As the memory, your stats are tied to how many links you have. I have too many links. My lowest stat is higher than most people's highest. <laughs> like, rolling is not interesting if you can't fail. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we learned that having a lot of player characters you can easily make links with makes the possibility of you losing all your links as a memory difficult to achieve. There's a realm where it could happen, I guess, but the odds are definitely in your favor. 
Yeah, unless I end up burning them all intentionally, it's very unlikely that I would actually run out now that I've got a decent pool of them. At least that smog made it clear that the gear itself was important to fixing the room. The room is important to getting things moving again. I have a feeling we're going to be able to collect a couple different cogs some places. Maybe one has been lost and we can ask for it from the world of the lost. Who knows? Ooh, that's a good point. We should go talk to the master about that. Yes. I think I mentioned that in passing in the middle of the session, but we were talking about so much. And we want to talk to Lone first. We want to know what Lone actually wants. If we can explain the concept of anything lost, we can get you back. That's what Town and Thanos went to do. Lone basically replied that the only thing they wanted was make the wolves go away. Yeah, but we might be able to figure out a better way to achieve that if we explain exactly what we can retrieve to Lone. Maybe, or we can just go about it and like ask them more about the history of the world, because we don't really know what the hell happened here. More information from Lone would also be useful. I do feel sorry that I, I made this called shot of doing Cowboy Smog voice, and then Dan made himself do it to like actually give us the, the core <laughs> of the information from the move. <laughs> That's the fun part, because Dan loves doing silly voices, so I don't think he was mad about <laughs> having to do a cowboy voice. I think I literally popped in going like, Howdy, y'all! <laughs> oh, lord. <laughs> But that action bothered Asiri a little bit, the whole summoning thing, because like, the first part of the game, you're like, oh, summoning is the worst thing you could do, and now you're coming to me? <laughs> uh, you, you come to me on today, the day of me trying to solve this mystery, to ask for summoning help after all of this? And then not only that, when she tries to limit break, she gets a mixed success, and it ends up hurting her. Like, she's mm -hmm. suffocating for a good minute or two, and she takes a harm. So she's got all this black e-core rushing out of her body, and she's like, holy shit, what is going on? <laughs> In character, I kind of had smog, like, gloss over this. Like, oh, it was successful, you helped. But as a player, I'm like, ooh, I see opportunities to play this, definitely. Not everything about smog and Alexander is happy and fun. There are lots of bad implications to the Lassie and Falsy relationship, and that is not even something that's native to Smog's world. It's something that he and Alexander have found out through travel to other Final Fantasy worlds, so mm. it's something that is weird for both of them. You're saying Smog is not part of the Fabula Nova Crystallis. No, <laughs> Smog's original world does not usually have Lissy and Falsy and Seath and all that. <laughs> I find it interesting that it's not only like new to Smog, but new to a god that Smog is bonded with. Something that I don't know that I've quite said in character, but like it's easier for me to say out of character because it, like I have the opportunity to do it. The part of Alexander that's with Smog is not all of Alexander, but will theoretically eventually return to him so that he knows everything that that Alexander traveling with Smog knew. So like, yes, Alexander always knew about it, but he only knew about it because of Smog. Because time god, so he knows what he will know yes. once he comes back. That's fun. I like that. <laughs> I'm just amused that you being bonded to a time god did not have more insight to this clock tower. Although I suppose <laughs> being a time god does not give you the knowledge of mechanics for clocks. There's also an immediate like tie-in that Smog had, which is, this is Magitek, and I know Magitek, I might be able to figure this out by applying those principles here. So it's not all like Alexander busting out here. It's like, ooh, I can use these things that I had in my life before Alexander. I'm very curious, because I made a particular decision. Of <laughs> <laughs> a 
a theory has consistently referred to Smog as the Avatar of Alexander since this transformation was made known. Every time you're like, Smog is fine, and she's just like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> because there's still Smog in there, and there's some personality for Alexander we haven't been able to dig into quite yet. That's like, at some points, you'll have to present me ostentatiously, and people will want more than a name so you can have this title. To only refer to him as the title feels off for like a group that's supposed to have some level of camaraderie, especially people that he's implied he's friendly with later. It's been like, you don't have to use my formal title. There is a part of a god in here. This is also still smug. You don't have to do all that all the time. You know, it's also weird for people you're supposed to have some camaraderie with is for quitting them entirely. <laughs> I mean, some things are out of our control. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I had a Siri do that is everyone is referred to by their appropriate titles in her world. Her tutor is Elder Musa. That's all she ever refers to her as, or, you know, as Miss Elder, something to that nature. There's always that respect. This time she's being a bit snarky with it. (laughs) A A little sharky, if I may, because she's so frustrated with you right now. Literally, like, as we finished leaving the clock towers, we're heading back down towards the rest of the group. You're literally asking her to explain who Tao is to you, because you forgot. And she's like, I don't really know Tao that well. Why are you asking me, <laughs> Avatar? And Swag is like, oh yeah, I did come in here kind of early, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what was your impression of how Asiri described Tao? I don't remember exactly how she did describe Tao. They're a musician, they have these like weird lizard parts, they have a bit of a temper, they've only used it in combat, so I don't really know how much that goes, if that's dangerous or not. A very overshell gloss over of what Tao is. And Smog being very wary and having a dark link with Tao right now is like, do I need to watch out for the temper? I remember now. Tao would feel that's very accurate to the show persona that they put on. Their performance is... A lot angrier, a lot focused on the draconic parts of their appearance. But maybe left out some of the rest, but that's fine (laughs) for now. We'll get to know this Smog, hopefully get some more of that one-on-one time. She also hummed a tune and Smog was like, that's pretty good. I probably would have listened to that if I remembered it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's probably on my mixtape somewhere. I'm just scrolling through the notes. I remember Athenas and Tao talking again a little. I don't know if there's anything big in that. I don't recall there being. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, because the end of the session was just a lot of getting to know Smog again. Yeah, there was some other stuff going on there, but I think we might have pressured Lone a little bit more into speaking. But Carolyn had to abruptly take off, so we're like, we can use this time to do something. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm and wrap up the session. So it was a lot of getting reacquainted with Smog throughout the party, Smog learning about Tao's worlds now for the first time. Right. Tao having to explain to someone <laughs> that just asked, what's your world like? What would you say to someone that asked, what's your world like? <laughs> Didn't a Thanos ask that question? I don't remember who initially asked it. I think Smog did ask Tao. Was it Smog? Okay. Smog initially asked Tao what their world was like, and Smog, I guess, trying to get to know a bit more about Tao, as Tao's also questioning Smog about who he is. Tao not having a whole lot to compare to, but we've been to three worlds now, all of which seem 
mostly lower tech than the real world. So Tal's like, higher tech than these? Pretty much? But without magic? Which Siri immediately jumped on as, what's magic? <laughs> you all say magic. What is this? Because at the beginning, Ponya was like, oh, I'm a unicorn. You do magic too? And that's just not a word that they would use. It's just an ability like sharks can sense electricity and squids can poof out ink it's just part of your nature yeah and smog had to give a very broad definition had to explain that it could be different on different worlds but was careful to say it's not necessarily a biological function and i think that's like hinting that he has more knowledge about a siri from the future like this is a way that i can get you to understand it but Sarah's like, it is a biological function what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying to me She'll get there eventually. She's a little slow on the uptake sometimes. She's just from a very different place. (laughs) Well, that also got Athenos coming up again with this idea that Smog introduced that, Tao, you're definitely magic, or at least there's some substance to you that is not just code, which I was like, aha, Smog little plane's coming up again. (laughs) (laughs) I also had Smog in character be like, yeah, that past version of you was kind of fucking with a lot of you, so just sorry for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I feel like most of the party doesn't really realize if Smog was fucking with us. I don't think anybody really got far enough to catch on to it, which is why I think it's so funny to be like, oh, I'm sorry about that, even though if you like... But like, he legitimately was trying to turn Pony and Geyser on each other so they would become stronger in <laughs> the darkness. <laughs> really? Pony, I guess, mastery, but... He almost got them too, as well. <laughs> getting pretty dicey there but uh newer smog came in to stop that (laughs) it also led smog to be like well i mean if you're magic and you're made out of technology your world might have stumbled on to magitech through this combination of digital technology and imagination like video games vocaloids simulations like that right Tao not knowing Magitek well enough to disprove that, like, sure, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I think it's just in Tao's world, there is that magic of attention and performance and almost worship of that bond between fan and performer that Tao draws power from. Probably the biggest type of magic in their world. We also had a lot of conversation about death. (laughs) <laughs> my favorite subject. With Athenos being like, oh, we can just die and come back. It's fine. And sort of rationalizing that as the big shift that Smog had, which isn't quite right. Mm, isn't it, though? I mean, Rig did explodinate, which is why this happened. So I guess in one yeah. world you died, and then the timeline split, and Alexander was like, oh, you're alive still, but under my control. <laughs> time travel, time gods, things get warped. Mm-hmm. But you are dead. At least Siri thinks you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alexander saved Smog from dying is the way they think about it. <laughs> Interesting. At least for a while. I, I particularly enjoyed going back to our conversation about death that everyone tried to explain what a coffin was to a Siri. <laughs> <laughs> because it was important to the clock tower. That's true, because there is a sarcophagus up there. And it was very funny to have Athenos be like, oh, so you mean a coffin? And then Song to be like, oh, yeah, I mean, we didn't say that. A serious description is so good. 
<laughs> because I think there was another moment here where it was like, I thought I was thought he had some bolt of brilliance and it was just something that we'd already figured out. <laughs> Tao at least did not get that from the description of big stone box with words carved into it. One of the most alien things to a series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I made the decision that she can't read. This is so funny. Very good. <laughs> Every time. Is Siri opening up the sarcophagus, being like, that sign can't stop me, I can't read. <laughs> it could have said keep out, it could have said poison, it could have said cursed for a million years. Also, she didn't physically open it. The magic ramifications of the nonsense she was doing last time opened it trying to think what were our responses about the death thing like smog was like your ether is going to return to the live stream but it's not necessarily going to get meted out into its next form as the same exact amount of aether and the same the same bits there might be little bits from other people or other aether in there so coming back as the same person is not necessarily the same reincarnation of the one world and they explain like death can be different on different worlds yeah, the series like mortified that you people lock away your corpses and they, they don't <laughs> return back to the world because the series not afraid of dying. That's not a concern for her. In fact, that's an honor. As long as you like lived your life thoroughly and did your best, you know, you went out fighting or whatever that means. Dying is not a bad thing. You'll come back in a different form and like a different animal as part of the world, but it doesn't have the same like fear that most people would have. Meanwhile, Tao came to the realization that they don't know if they can die. <laughs> We've met a couple other Vocaloids. None of them have died yet, but they haven't been around that long. And Tao revealing that they're actually only like four years old. <laughs> a super baby, as Thanos calls them. <laughs> Yeah, super baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think because death and time are so related and we're already talking about time with Smog, Geyser was popping in there, like, talking about how she had a weird view of time because she didn't age, especially in the dream world, but she got to see a lot of the real world time passing by. I don't think Pony would be happy to talk about death. Maybe it was good she wasn't there. No. Yeah, probably not. Horses are very skittish. They are a prey animal for some reason. Unicorns might be immortal. Who knows? I don't know if Trek has said anything about unicorns. I really don't think they have. So I think it's a little bit more open book to how we interpret the mechanics of that. Mm -hmm. And if Pony just was told she's not actually a unicorn after believing it for so long and they're supposed to be immortal, that can be a pretty big blow. A little culture shock too, because she's like going into these things head first like the knucklehead should, and then now it gives her a reason to doubt or pause. Poor Pony. Pony's gonna go through... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pony coming away from this smog transformation with that news on top of it just had to go clear her head down in the courtyard. We took this perfectly good little horse and gave her anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> on top of regular horse anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that happened was smog asking for Tao's help to cast Stopja to get like maybe a ring of the wolves just paused for a bit so they could talk to Lone a little bit more and figure out what they need. This was after Smog saying, like, maybe we take a beat and decide if violence is the first answer, coming up with a, a different solution to not having to fight wolves for a bit. Plus something that might be thematically appropriate for the world of ages. What is the exact mechanics of Stop, Joe, for the listeners? Stop is a Final Fantasy spell within the Final Fantasy games. Uh, usually it gives a turn or more of an action or a certain period of time for ones that have real time. So it just halts them whatever they're doing. In some games, it would stop them in midair. I think that's fun for 
I guess the wolves are connected to the ground all the time because they're in the snow. They're not going to like jump up. You won't see any like wolves jumping in midair, but they'll all be stopped in their tracks for a bit. Maybe if there's a little bit of snow falling off of them, it's still hanging in the air. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So was there anything that you would have done differently then? I'm pretty happy with everything that happened. I think if Smog and Alexander had been a little bit more aware of how people were taking things, they would have changed their tactics, maybe. But I'm happy with there being a little curiosity to aversion to Smog as he is now. And I want a little bit of that drama, so I'm not going to fix it. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good with how things went as well. Maybe would have liked to press Athanos a bit more on what happened when he fell unconscious, but seems like that might be also something that builds for a bit longer. Athanos coming to terms with not having worshippers and not having as much power, so we can let that stew for a bit, see how it turns out. Yeah, I'm trying to decide where I want a Ciri to go next, and I'm not 100% certain on her path forward, but I do think everything that happened last session went as I wanted for her. I'm just trying to articulate like what she needs from the party going forward, and I haven't quite landed on how she wants to go with that, what she wants to do now that Smog's had this change and everyone seems relatively fine with it. Last time we did change with Geyser's link, so I think that is a good reflection of that, but right now, she's trying to feel the room. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so messy when we get back to Sequence Charter. And we have to oh explain everything to them, too. I forgot! We have to tell, like, Tara and Powder and all Aura. these people, Aura, what? <laughs> oh, I couldn't even think of that. <laughs> For the listeners, Sammy's just, like, holding on to her face <laughs> right now. She's trying to think of, like, how do you articulate... Congratulations! We've lost the tentacle little plant ball thing, and now we have brought you back a time god as well? <laughs> yeah, I miss juice. I miss juice as well! <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> I think that's what the series misses most about old Smog is juice, because yeah. she misses her familiar as well. So at least juice was like a good surrogate for that in the moment, but now it's just like, great, now what do I have? I did mention last time that if I managed to make my way to another playbook, I have an idea that might put Juice a little more forward. So, <laughs> we'll see. But right now, right now, Juice is like hundreds of year old. So is like the concept art of the gigantic Titan Malbro in the Fortress sequel to Final Fantasy XII. We don't need that around. I think we do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably one of those. Thanos in his Titan form would have a great time with giant. <laughs> <laughs> You can do some Greco-Roman wrestling. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's get into our resolution phase, the segment of the show where we each get to say something about the game with no responses. What is your final say on this session, Zach? Gonna have to find a phantom in that clock tower. You can find me at Zach Defense on Twitter. Okay, what about you, Alex? As a GM and as a player, leave some threads for everyone else to pull on and pay attention to which ones they do. You can find me on Twitter at ShiningCrowBat. Honestly, I'm not done with it yet, but I've been greatly enjoying Marvel's Midnight Suns. It is a slightly tactical, card-based RPG, a lot of social systems going on with your other heroes you have a 
player character who you can choose the gender of and customize a bit along with getting a million different costumes for any character. The writing is pretty much what you'd expect for a superhero thing. It's going to get you there. But the gameplay just feels very well tailored and balanced for any difficulty mode you choose. And you can sort of test the waters with higher difficulties with certain missions and things as you go along. Just been having a very fun time with it. And I want more stuff that mechanically feels like it. And for myself, we have a lot to work on in this castle. And I'm afraid that I think the siege is going to get worse before it gets better. You can find me on the third ring of the phone inside your house. But don't worry, the call is definitely not coming from with inside the house. Not at all. Don't look around. I'm not right behind you. This has been Resolve, an afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at Resolve AP. Except Instagram, which is at Resolve Afterplay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at linksmithgames.com. All links will be included in the description of the episode. Thank you again for listening. We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. Tell us what's happening in your game.